Welcome to the Experts Podcast, where we take you behind the scenes of what it really means to be in the media. Featuring interviews with media stable experts and some of Australia's most prominent media, we'll break down some of the myths, the fears, the skills and the knowledge needed to succeed in the media. The Experts Podcast is for the business owner, communicator, PR professional, leader of industry or anyone looking to develop their profile to be a recognised expert. The Experts Podcast is powered by Media Stable. Well, hello everyone. Welcome to the Experts Podcast. Nick Hayes here with me, with me, with me. I am with me, Lana Hill. <laughs> you are with you and me, Nick <laughs> me Hayes. And me. Hello, me. Hello, Nick Hayes. Oh, Lana Hill here. Lana Hill. Thank you. <laughs> God, you know what? I get a little nervous because the person that's actually pre- um, that we're going to be interviewing is the producer for one of the biggest programs in the country. Highly and I just messed up right in front of her. It was endearing. Although I will let you know, she's probably used to me messing up for a long, long time. I've known this lady for a good 20 plus years we used to work together in a little media monitoring organization i don't even know if we're allowed to say that anymore but um uh, her name is kate stevenson she's 3aw ross and russell now hello kate hello nick and lana it was endearing nick <laughs> i must, thought so you must be so used to that i mean i'm i'm, 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 I'm always messing it up you know what i do like about this is that you know if you do mess up just roll with it. It's just part of your character. It just, it just yeah. Welcome, like welcome to live radio. That that's my life. Well, speaking of live radio, you're not just the producer for Ross and Russell. You've got your own broadcasting career that you've been a big part of. You've been doing lots of things for the last fifteen years. So, for other people out there, that might know you as a la carte. Um, you're part of the what, the what? Talk to me about your food experience, there, because you've just became one big foodie, didn't you, since you left Reheim? Yes, I don't know what happened there, to be honest. I think it had a little bit to do with eating. I did. I started doing the food review. Oh, Lord. I think it was back in about 2010. And when they said I was going to be doing it, I said, but I don't know anything about food. I'm not an expert. And they said, there's nothing more annoying on a Tuesday morning at about 4 a.m. when we're reading the papers trying to get ready for the show and you're pouring over Epicure, which is what the age lift out was called at that stage. So, mm. so yes, I did the food reviews for a few years and that turned into Ross Stevenson had the idea of um, a travel program, which he wanted to put on the digital station at that stage. And I think the bosses went, we don't put Ross Stevenson on the digital channel <laughs> if he goes to where it's on 3AW. And, and I think at the time they said, well, if you're going to talk travel, it generally goes hand in hand with food. So somehow I got a Guernsey and I wasn't walking away from that. So we've been doing that uh, every Saturday morning at 11 o'clock for the last five years, I think. Now, is that, that's called the a movable feast, isn't it? Yeah, that's a movable feast, yeah. Oh, awesome. It. To talk to talk travel and oh, food. I is know. That, is that just almost the perfect job, Lana? You've got it made. That's it. That's it's, Yeah, it's fine, except when you're in the middle of lockdown in Melbourne and nobody can eat anywhere or go anywhere. Oh, it's so it's decidedly more difficult. <laughs> well, you know what? But this is just – it just changes the, the goalposts a little, doesn't it? Because everyone's experiencing this, and particularly in Melbourne and Victoria. And let's, let's dive into a little bit of the COVID um, uh, story because, you know, without doubt, Melbourne – and Victoria as a whole has probably suffered the worst, probably the least performance as far as uh, managing this pandemic, but also to its people are only now starting to experience what life was like a little bit before and, and it's coming out very slowly. What's it been like as a broadcaster though, Kate? What's it been like talking these stories every day and taking them on and you know trying to keep the people a little bit lit up because... 
Ross and Russell. I, I keep almost saying Ross, Ross, uh, Ross and John, uh, <laughs> but Ru- Russ, Russ, Ross, God, Ross and, and Russell. Russell. God, get it right. <laughs> I know. Oh, I hope Russell Steve. Oh, God, here we go. <laughs> I, I'm I'm so editing this. But what's it been like to to go through this period this time? Yeah. Look, really interesting for us as a program. Obviously, um, we broadcast on a news and talk station. Um, it's the most listened to station in Melbourne. So, a there's there's certainly um, a bit of a responsibility there to let people know what's going on, um, what they can do and, and, you know, sort of how we can help. But I guess personally working on the breakfast program, we've kind of always told ourselves that, that our job is to get people through the day or at least let them start the day happy. Mm. So we want them informed. We want to let them know what's going on in the world, what's happening right now in Melbourne. But then also we want them getting to work, you know, driving to work, catching the train, you know, or scooting around home, getting the kids off with a smile on their face. That becomes unbelievably difficult when you're in the middle of a pandemic and when you're in the city that is probably copying it the worst. So I think that's definitely been our biggest challenge, you know, for us, you know, generally what we do is get up in the morning and we we don't often have... Um, interviews organised for the day because we don't know what the news is. So we get up, we get in quite early and we have a look and we go, okay, today we'll hit these stories. We think these are the most interesting, the most entertaining, the ones that people want to know and they're gone again the next day. And when you're in the, you know, in the middle of COVID, they're there every day and, you know, it might be a different take on the same story, but the story is life's pretty awful at the moment. So, so for us, I think the challenge has been telling people what's happening but not depressing people and trying to find, you know, different angles on it. Um, you know, there's people are, are affected in all different ways, so trying to cover off on all of those but also find some good news stories, um, find some hope, some, some positive stuff um, and then also find some things that just aren't COVID-related at all. I know I speak to a lot of Victorians and, you know, you know I'm originally from Victoria and the, the problem is I think that, they, you can hear it in their voices. You can hear the despair. You can yeah. almost hear that there just doesn't seem to be any light at the end of the tunnel. Now, I want to throw this question to you, Kate, because not only do you have to do what you do um, by amplifying talking about the messages and the news of the day, you're not just uh, living through this. You're having to work your way through it. You're Not to suggest that others aren't doing it hard, but... You literally are taking in every bit of fact, evidence, news piece that's out there. That's got to be hard on your soul, hard on you. How, how do you cope with it? Um, yeah, I think that's taken time to work out how to do it, Nick. And certainly when I think back to the start of this, so really we know, you know, I think Australia's first case was in January, you know, but for us it all started around Grand Prix time and that was back in March. I think it was the 13th of March wow. was the Friday of the Grand Prix yep. and we were meant to broadcast from the track that day Yes, uh, and we got into age headlines that said the race had been cancelled but nobody else said it had been cancelled. So that in itself was a pretty crazy morning. And in the end, we didn't go to the track um, and we sort of, we ended up going to wear half an hour early um, and we obviously just had to smash that story and we were trying for three hours to, you know, confirm what was happening, including, you know, sort of calls to the um, Motoring Federation head office in London, you know, really big day. And from then, I think from the Monday, I reckon from the Monday, we were probably broadcasting from Ross's house. And I think that first sort of six weeks, 
was really intense. You didn't, you know, you, you had an idea of how bad things were getting and you couldn't step away from it. You know, a whole day was watching everything, you know, watching the commercial TVs, the ABC 24s, listening to, you know, 3AW ourselves, looking at all the international media. And, and I think it took me about six weeks to realize you just, you couldn't continue like that because we were, there, there was no breath. There was no stepping away from it. So I think even once we headed into, and obviously Melbourne's experience from sort of July, August has been pretty awful going, you know, getting up to 700 cases and going into stage four lockdown, I felt much better prepared um, sort of to, to work myself out of, uh, emotionally and realize you know, you go in in the morning, you do what you do, but stepping away from it for a time. So for me, things like, you know, taking time to exercise or to meditate or, you know, to catch up with people, you know, by phone or whatever it was, I definitely discovered that you, you had to step away from it all or you'd send yourself insane. And you also, you can't go in and try to be positive the next morning if you've been wrapped up in it all day. So true. Pouring from an empty, empty cup, as they say. Yes. It's incredible. Yep. Um, Kate, I just wanted to ask you as well, you, you mentioned before about the role of, you know, 3RW Breakfast and wanting to get get people to work or dropping off the kids in a, in a happy mood. Did your listeners change during the COVID period? And what are, you know, the typical listeners of, of the 3RW Breakfast program? Um, yeah, we're, we're pretty lucky. We've got, you know, it, it's a very popular station, obviously, but it's Certainly, um, I think probably the, the highest rating breakfast program in Australia. So for us, where our um, audience across the entire day probably is older, sort of 40, 45 plus for breakfast, it's a really wide demographic. So it makes it hard, Lana, when you're trying to often, you know, when you're trying to plan the show, you think, what does our, uh, our audience want to know today? Yeah. It's not a person, you know, it's definitely not one person. So, you know, it, it's things like, you know, even when you're talking about topics and they might get a bit irky or, you know, it might get saucy, we, we always have in our mind kids in the car because it is parents of all ages or grandparents with kids in the car. You know, can you say that? Can you say that word? You know, would you talk about this topic given that they're listening? Um, and then, you know, it's everything. It's tradies, it's professionals, it's, you know, housewives, it's it's retired people. It, it really runs the gamut, which is wonderful because it means, you you know, you can be really open in, in terms of what you talk about and probably the, the worst thing you can do is try to pinhole the audience. But, but it does mean... You know, when you're trying to cover something like COVID, for example, it also means, you know, it's tough because you've got to catch the, you know, parents of school kids, you've got to get the small business owners, you've got yeah. to get the self-funded retirees, you really, you're trying to cater for everyone and you won't always hit them all. But I think as long as you're covering things that matter, you know, even if you're not a self-funded retiree, my parents are. Mm. you know, and, and the people, your next door neighbours might be. So I think you can still kind of, sort of try to cover the stuff across the week that at least means people know what's going on and how this is affecting everybody. Yeah. Oh, look, Kate, oh, 3AW and particularly the breakfast program, you, you're well aware that Ross Stevenson for me is is, pro, is the ultimate broadcaster. Um, you know, I, I love this time of the year. I'm, by the time this goes to air, the Melbourne Cup will have run, but Ross Stevens says the gup. He calls it the gup, the G. <laughs> or instead of saying good thank you, he just says good Sanchu. <laughs> uh, the, little, the little things that he does, and this is this is from someone that, you know, used to monitor the media uh, and find out, you know, the, the rumour file, 3AW rumour file, the most listened to section of radio in this country because it's it's built and bred there in Melbourne and it's if you're not listening to it, you don't have a finger on the pulse. I love Ross Stevenson. 
But what, and I love the way uh, Ross and John used to do it, but with Russell, he's just a recent acquirement here and, and an increase of eight points. For a, <laughs> a lazy eight. For a wow. lazy eight points for, for, a fact, for a breakfast program and a radio station that has been nailing it for the last 20 years. That's big. Where did it come from, Kate? Oh, look, if I, I knew, I'd bottle it and I'd put it on my little desk and I'd keep it there. Um, is it look, the times, you know, though? Is it the times? Is I, it the COVID times? Yeah, I People think it's are... lots of things. It's, it's definitely lots of things. Nick, we know just from, you know, I've been there for 14 years. I've been on Brecky for just over 10. You know, things like seeing the phones and the way they're lighting up and the way people are communicating with you, responding on social media or on emails, you know, without a doubt, and we saw from the last survey results, full stop, talk was up. People yes. have turned to talk radio. You know, I think more than anything else, it's, you know, it's a thing that's always there. If you're not sure what you've missed, if you want to know what's going on, you turn on the radio and they will be talking. You know, you go to, you know, commercial TV, it's fine. You'll get the news at certain times. Yeah. You know, you can't always, you can't jump on Twitter if you're driving or, you know, you're riding a bike or, you know, you're doing the ironing at the Talk's just there for you, so we know that people have turned to it. Um, that survey included um, John Burns's last week, which would have been absolutely huge for us, and we know that from the streaming numbers. Sure. And then, you know, Russell's such a huge profile. You know, he's he's so universally liked, I think, you know, from the stuff he's done, and particularly, obviously, with Bruin, which has just returned and had huge ratings itself. So there would have been the, the turn-on factor for that. We've got, you know an issue that is of immense concern and interest for people. We had Bernzo leaving and hopefully we're giving people what they want. So when they do turn to you and maybe they're giving you a try because, you know, they saw that Russell was coming over and maybe they've heard of Ross in the program but they, they hadn't quite gone there yet, hopefully we're keeping them there. So I guess the next uh, the next rating results will show that. Can I just I, – I, I want to share a little secret with our listeners here today <laughs> in that – uh, for a lot of the radio programs around the country, they actually tune in to Ross and Russell and uh, steal their ideas and steal all <laughs> of their content and their concepts. And I'm not going to name names of those particular radio stations, and it's both commercial and non-commercial, but they are very much the barometer. They are the, t- the they are the top of their game. They're the the top of the peak, if you like, of 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 where. Uh, real talk radio and real connection. And Kate, I'd love to just have a chat to you about one of the secrets because I know that one of the secrets is, and this must been must have been a very difficult time for for you to keep that secret moving. Is that um, Ross doesn't like to do politics. You guys don't like to do politics in breakfast, but you can't yeah. take the politics out of this COVID, can you? No. So that's probably been one of the biggest challenges for us, Nick. And it's not you know. It's not for for any reason. You know, politics is obviously in everyday life. There's politics in, you know, so much of what we do. We tr- do try to avoid politicians, you know, and, and pure sort of partisan Most of us try to avoid politics. politicians, yes, Kate. That's probably one of the um, reasons you're you know, so popular, Kate. <laughs> they're all fabulous. We, you know, we need them. They do what they do. But, you know, for us, you know, we've been able to get away with not worrying about that, you know. When you're trying to get people to work happy, at the end of the day, and increasingly, we are living in a more partisan society. So people are a little bit more outspoken about, you know, how they feel on certain topics and which way they vote, and that's fine. But what ends up happening is as soon as you do a politician or a political issue, half the audience you know, hates you or disagrees with you vehemently. And this is with us not generally taking a side on things. You know, we, we really don't. So 
you know, and, and automatically somebody's upset because they don't agree with what, you know, your guest has said or what you've said, and which is fine, but we just, you know, just don't like it, don't need the aggro. We, you know, we'd much rather be fun and have people enjoy themselves. So, yes, we're in a global pandemic and, and at the end of the day we are relying on governments to respond to this and see us through. It does become difficult to cover the issue without doing that. So for us, you know, we sort of leave the politicians to the big announcements. You know, if, if, there's, if there's a big announcement and it's happening, you know, that morning or it happened late the night before, then we probably would go to them. Otherwise, it's going to some of our other experts to say, hey, are we doing this right or what should we be doing instead? So, you know, we're, we're on first-name basis with some of our epidemiologists now. <laughs> we all know them and we <laughs> recognise their faces and their voices. So, you know, it's, it's trying to, to cover it, I guess, in, a, in as independent a way as we can. And it still is, you know, it's, it's an, an issue that, that isn't over and really has sparked, you know, huge emotional and passionate responses from people. So it still becomes difficult, you know, to, to cover any part of it without, you know, someone for some reason being upset, which is really tough for us because that's never been something we've wanted to see in our audience. Kate, you're, uh, you've been doing a couple of digital Meet the Medias with us uh, this year and, and we've been fortunate, f- thankful for, for this pandemic because uh, normally when we do the live event, uh, Kate Stevenson's always abroad. She's away. She's overseas. <laughs> How good. And I'm sorry. I'm sorry that this has actually happened, Kate, but we've never seen more of you it's this research, year. research, Nick. It's research. Of course it is. It's travel. It's food. Travel and food. I, I'd love that. To, to be able to explain to the Australian oh, Taxation Department It's a study there, tour. You know, I'm just – this is a tax write-off. Um, but, Kate, the – the, the learnings that we get from Meet the Media and particularly for, for media that are so generous with their time and with their advice. I want to ask you a question. I want to ask you a question. What do you get out of that event? Uh, what do you get out of the live event? Because you've done a few. What, what does uh, Kate Stevenson get? Oh, look, um, different things, I guess. Uh, I, I actually quite enjoy hearing the other media professionals speak. So, you know, you'll always have me there, Nick, usually with two other people and and I learn a lot from them. You know, my whole career really has been in radio. So you don't know how these other people work. And there'll be great TV producers, whether they're from, you know, the Today Show or The Project, um, other other radio and, and also print journals. So I've actually really enjoyed that, that aspect. But also for us, it's the exposure to, you know, to your experts, you know, to these people who... You know, it, it is difficult, you know, when you're working, particularly breakfast radio, when it's so fast, you know, yeah. and you're getting up in the morning and you're seeing what's there and you're trying to find someone to speak and, you know, you can tend to go to the same voices, you know, and so sitting in a room full of people that, you know, cover such breadth of industries and expertise and being able, particularly when they're in the in-person ones, to actually have a conversation with them and see what they do, but even with the digital ones, having them afterwards contact you, whether it's by email or on LinkedIn. You know, for me, it's really, it's expanding our opportunities when it comes to, you know, um, people we can speak to on certain topics. And, you know, there are ones that we find tougher to find people or, you know, whatever it is, it's knowing that there are more people out there and being able to connect with them. So there's, there's plenty of advantages for us taking part. 
Oh, it's so good to hear. I think, Kate, one of my favourite things, and I, I came to sort of the media world as, a, as an expert in, in my past, and I, I, love, I love kind of watching people realise how powerful breakfast radio is because I think a lot of people when they enter media, you know, whether they be aspiring experts or whether they even just be consumers of media, I think, yeah, the, the power of radio is something that I don't think you fully realise until you jump into the industry. So that's one of my favourite favorite things really and then obviously the the way that other mediums feed off the narrative that radio sets and particularly breakfast radio that's that's one of my favorite things you really um you're teaching so much in those very short meet the media sessions Kate yeah I think um probably when when you talk about that Lana I think the best example for us is the segment uh, Nick was talking about called the rumor file which I think Ross started about 20 years ago yep. and told the program director Steve Price at the time I've had an idea because he used to go to the front bar of the Standard Hotel in, in Fitzroy every day <laughs> and he said you wouldn't believe the things you hear and a lot of them are spot on, but someone says, oh, you know what I heard or you know what I heard a guy say on, on the bus the other day or my next door neighbour says and he said, some of this is absolute gold. I think we need to start a segment putting rumours to air. <laughs> and Steve Price said, you'll get us sued out of existence. And he said, no, there's a way to do it. You know, you have to be careful and, you know, you, you've got to be prudent. But, mm. you know, th- there'll be something in it. And, and what it's developed into, you know, across the years is something that I think every major newsroom, you know, television and print listens to at seven o'clock every morning. You know, we know because at 7.16 our studio lines start flashing with those <laughs> news directors saying, just with that one, do you have a hint on who? And we're really careful with how we do it and we make sure we don't identify anyone. But, you know, we watch the TV news at night. So we know, you know, what's progressed during the day and what, you know, we probably don't want to do tomorrow because it's been done. But also because we want to see how many rumour files have made it to the news that night. And, you know, it's a good night if three or four stories have have sort of come out of the rumour file that morning. Uh, it, it is it is one of the best segments, and I know for a fact that back in my monitoring days, I, I think I've mentioned this in a in a past uh, podcast that we used to monitor the three AW rumor file. We used to put them into quick little snippets for uh, for another radio station. I won't name them, and send it, and send it over to them. And they would use them as their own if they could wow. pull it off. That wasn't just Melbourne Century. It. It, it is, but you know what? It's just <laughs> such quality content, and it's it's almost human nature yeah. that we want to yeah. know more. We want to we want to know what's going on the other side of the fence, and sort of that's where social media has also kicked off. Kate, t- um, I want to talk a little bit about media ownership, and you know you've been around for the fourteen years that you mentioned, and you've probably seen a few different owners. Uh, what's it, what's it like with now Channel Nine owning uh, the network and uh, having a TV and a radio? Are you finding the relationship and the connection uh, a smooth one, or have you found it difficult? What, what what's what's it been like being owned by the Channel Nine people? Bearing in mind they will be listening. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, everybody. Um, yeah, look, no, it's been really interesting. You know, it's always a bit scary, and we have had several changes of ownership so I think I think it was Macquarie what, there was Fairfax well Southern Cross first Southern, then I think yeah. not Southern Cross Stereo but Southern Cross Broadcasting um, obviously Fairfax um, 
uh, bought us. Then it was Macquarie and now Nine. Um, it's always a little bit scary just because you don't know. I mean, we've been pretty lucky in that we felt, you know, we're on 3W Breakfast and Ross Stevenson likes us. Hopefully we're safe. Yep. You know, hopefully nobody will touch us. And, and you know, what, I guess what you hope is that there isn't a, a, a big influence on the way you do what you do every day because we feel like we do it well and we feel like our audience loves what we do. So, so you know, the, the concern is that if there's, you know, ever anyone who tries to influence that, maybe the result won't be better. You know, and if it's not better, you know, what risks are you running? I think we've been really lucky the entire way through that we really haven't had anybody try to touch what we do every day. So I think if anything with nine... Um, you know, they were pretty amazing on communication and things before it all happened. And, you know, lots of presentations about, you know, the way they do things now and what the plans are. And I think more than anything, it was pretty exciting. You know, you know, radio is wonderful and we love it, but it can feel like a bit of an old medium, you know, back of house. You, mm. You're never quite sure, you know, what the plans are long term, all that sort of thing. And and, you know, from the very beginning, I think before it even went through with Nine, when they were talking about, you know, how big a media organisation you're going to be part of and what they were already working on in terms of, you know, the, the way they sell what the, they do and, and the way they get their information out, it was just really exciting to think we were going to be part of this, you know, huge... Um, you know, multimedia organisation that was clearly, clearly had big plans for the future. So I think that's been really good. And it also then makes you feel safe. Yeah. You know, you go, hopefully, like, you know, you can see when, when you're looking at, you know, major TV networks, major newspapers, major uh, radio stations in cities, you're not going anywhere anytime soon. That's a pretty amazing thing to have in your stable. So it also meant we kind of we felt we felt secure. We felt like we were going to be part of something that was really good and big. We knew they had plans to make it bigger. Um, and you know, and at the end of the day, they they still didn't. You know, they also didn't change what we did. So we got to keep doing what we were doing, but feel a little bit more you know modern and secure in it, which was great. Kate. Our experts that will be listening to this, our audience, they'll be very keen to hear and understand what it takes to get on to 3AW Breakfast. <laughs> what do you look for in a story? What is it that, you're, that, that, that it will get over the line with Ross or, or Russell might find a little bit tantalising? And you as the gatekeeper, what are you looking in for a story to take to them? Um, look, if, if you're talking about you know, a story or an expert, it's about you know, is it current? You know, is do you have something that's happening right now that's relevant right now that hasn't been around for the last two or three months, or that you can put a new spin on? Um, it's knowing the product, it's knowing the program. Yes. You know, listen to it, have an idea who Ross and Russell are, know what time we're on. You know, what's a good <laughs> time to contact that program? You know, is it nine o'clock at night? Probably not. I'm in bed unless you want to be woken up at four o'clock when I get in the next day. You know, it's thinking about maybe nine, ten o'clock just after the program, shooting something through. Or if you know, if if you are smart enough and you go, hey, this story's breaking tonight or early this morning, getting in touch then. And it's just knowing your stuff. Honestly, it's it's finding a good angle to to a story or having your own story, being confident enough to to tell it and knowing your stuff. And you would know that, Nick. I know with what you guys do, you make sure that those people, you know, on the media stable books know their stuff. And that's all it is. You know, have an idea of the program. 
you know, who those people are, what topics we generally cover, even, you know, the mood of the program. It is, it is lightish, you know, we, we, we want to cover things well, but, you know, we want to have a chat. We don't need to be sold something. If you, if you know a store, if you know a product, it's just being able to cover it off properly. Yeah, oh, I love that, Kate. And, and you know, it, it is, it, that's the challenge is, you know, digest, consume the, the media that you want to be a part of. Um, yeah. I, I think in the early days when we, we did launch Media Stable, we, we sort of uh, not necessarily shielded people from that, but we, we, we sort of saw it as part of our role to really take on all of that media and media experience and, and just, you know, use that to, to drop in there for them. But it really is now a must and a must that we're hearing from a lot of media, particularly at Meet the Media, consume my media, consume. Yeah. You want to be a part of my program, be a part of it. And I think yeah. you've got to take that little bit of time and extra energy to do that, to make it happen. Well, things I'll notice, Nick, you know, every now and then, you know, we'll line someone up and they might be from here, they might be from interstate, they might be from overseas. And, you know, one of the best things I've seen is, you know, someone from overseas who's, you know, lined up to speak to us at 7.45 have spent the, the half an hour before listening online yes. and referring back to something. And, you know, you've never seen radio presenters as happy yes. as when some expert from London says, well, it's like you were saying about the potatoes before, you know, because they've listened. You <laughs> know, and they go, oh, Yeah, we're doing it in an Irish accent. It's like you're what you were saying about the potatoes before. It's not hard, though. It doesn't. Have, yeah. It's not hard, but it's just professionalism. It's just going that you know. It's not even an extra mile. It's an extra half an hour. Like you know, yeah. become a native. But it's funny you say that, Kate, because it's it also too. It's not just good for the presenters. The audience, when they hear someone yeah. that has been listening in to the program, you're one of us. You're one of we us. We love this show, exactly. and you love this show because you listen. Yeah, it's such a powerful, a really important message. I was going to yeah. ask you for some advice for experts, but that I'm just going to leave it at that. Yeah, Kata. that was all the gold <laughs> delivered just then. Hey, hey Kate, <laughs> I know you'll you'll see Ross tomorrow. You'll catch up with Ross tomorrow, um, and I want to share this with Lana. Lana, I'm pretty good around most people. Are you? Yeah, I am. I'm pretty good. <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm very confident. I can go up and start a conversation, talk to just about anyone. I was meeting Kate for for a coffee. This is going back a couple of years ago um, to catch up with her. Just you know, just uh, you know, see what's going on in the in the hood, and and Ross Stevenson came down and oh. and sat over from afar, and and Kate then went over to to see Ross, and I was like. I can't do it. I can't do it. <laughs> you had a fangirl moment. I, I am such a fanboy when it comes oh. to this because Ross Stevenson, <laughs> seriously, he is at the pinnacle and I've just, you know. You know what did you do? Look, I've got to – oh, God, I hate admitting this. Um, I, I actually just gave Kate a wave goodbye and just said, look, see you later. I'll catch oh, you next you time. Oh, you did the runner. I, I did, don't. Now I feel awful. Oh, I just no. dragged you over and introduced you. As soon as things are fully open again and that cafe is open downstairs, you are coming in. Kate, and having a coffee with us. Oh, look, I've met Ross a couple of times, just you know, from, from in in circles, but no, not 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 like that. It's sort of just that kind of thing, and that's. And I guess that's part of the the passion I have, and I, I really do love what breakfast, and particularly three AW breakfast, does. It, it sets the agenda for the rest of the country. Yeah, and and Ross leading it, and Russell now, and 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 Bernzo was fantastic as well. But you know what? They're not as good without a good gatekeeper, without a good producer. Oh. And look at that Kate Stevenson there. That's where I bring you back in, darling. <laughs> you know, 
<laughs> You're very good to me. I think it's, it's not the hardest job in the world. They are pretty amazing at what they do and we get to go in and have fun with them every day and, and you know, hopefully put out a program that, that helps people with something each morning. I feel like it's, um, it's a pretty amazing job. I'm very lucky. Oh, Kato, and we're very lucky here. Lana and I, very lucky to have you on the show. We have been. Thank you, Kate. Now, Kato, thank you both, and thank you both for all your help with Media Stable. You you make our jobs a lot easier with what you do as well. Oh, bang! Woo-hoo. There's fifty bucks heading your way. <laughs> uh, not really. That's just uh, won't get won't get past the COVID post uh, that goes on. But uh, Kate, thanks for joining us on the Experts Podcast. You get out and have that walk now. Thank you both. Lovely to speak to you. That's Kate Stevenson, executive producer of the Three AW Breakfast. One of my favourites, Lana. Yeah, I mean, I was just actually marvelling at your clothes then, Nikkei. So it was almost radio-worthy just then. Well, I I had to make up for that really pathetic (laughs) start, didn't I? Hey, uh, thanks for joining us on the Experts Podcast. If you want to catch up uh, with another expert or another media, come and join us next week when we will have a chance to talk to them. You have been listening to the Experts Podcast, powered by Media Stable. To get in touch with the team, head to the Media Stable website, mediastable.com.au.